Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so international break has just finished and the football has mercifully returned. We're back for another week of WTA. And what a week it is with defences fueling decent scores, but elsewhere a total abdication of point scoring, which has meant that one man in particular has come to the fore in our thinking. We are Who Got the Assist. I'm Tom. Find me on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL. My co-host, who, as you can probably see if you're watching or the video, isn't actually here tonight. He's uh, Anthony at FPL Stag. The league code is 2IP43T. And we're also on video. We'll ne- never replace the audio. But just for notes there, in case uh, you want to watch unedited, so I don't edit it, I edit uh, the podcast I do, but the video I don't. Search us on YouTube uh, to find us there. All the bloopers all included. No, I'm tonight. Sadly, he is unwell, uh, but re- we have a really amazing stand in. And my great friend Karam at Karam Tizer, seen on the scout cast very regularly and just talking about general stuff, mostly actually measuring how tall city players are on Twitter, doing his detective work. Uh, he's very, very kindly agreed to step in tonight. Uh, how are you, my man? Thank you so much for coming on. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks, Tom, for having me on. Great to have my first appearance on Who um, Got the Assess podcast. Of course, I wish uh, Stag uh, the speedy recovery and uh, we are ready to crack on some interesting topics ahead of us this game week. Certainly are. Um, so we are recording just at the tail end of Crystal Palace Arsenal, uh, which we'll defer to. So maybe some of the scores and some of the things we speak about may change, but probably not too much. It's only like the last kind of 10, 15 minutes. But today's agenda, it's a slightly different pod, actually, to the one Anthony and I were going to do on the 200 Club. We'll come back to that chat in a couple of weeks. Uh, But instead, this week, it's it's more of a pivot to a situation with the more expensive asset in the game. So this is a correspondence-led look at, you know, simply, should we just captain Salah, basically, all the way up to AFCON? Um, Because he is just so damn good at the moment. Uh, We also chat around the crisis of the premiums. If the freemium or the aggressive premium switcheroo strategies still work. And we might also, you know, look at maybe you know, some cut price premiums um, who may be doing the business outside of the key ones who currently are failing a bit, so the likes of Son and Vardy. As I mentioned, the game is still ongoing in terms of the Arsenal Crystal Palace game, but I think we can start the game at review, see how they go. Uh, Karam, as the guest, I mean, you're doing pretty well this year in the top 50k. Um, how's the season gone for you and how's this game gone for you? Yeah, it's pretty decent season so far. I can't remember a better start to the season than this one um, across the last few years. And I was helped massively by the captaincy returns, which we will talk about, of course, in, in this podcast, but I've got a decent returns, almost 150 points <laughs> from captaincy. 
uh, but so many others have done that. And kind of a couple differentials on the way made, made a huge difference climbing the ranking. So pretty pleased with that. As for the game week, I'm finishing, as it seems, with the current scores. Ben White is finishing one point unless he gets a header in the last minute. But I will assume it will not happen. So I'm finishing on 63 minus four. So a net of 59 points. My heroes is... It's going to be surely Jamie Vardy. Uh, besides Vardy and Salah, captaincy, and no major returns from anyone else in, in the attack. Sar, Gray, Antonio, Lukaku, then nothing. Uh, clean sheets from TA and Cancelo, pretty delighted with that. And Livramento, the hero, coming off the bench one more time. Um, I, I might start him next game week, you one point, <laughs> but he's coming on for Rafinha, who didn't show up after mm. we spent a lot of energy tracking his flight, but he did not make it finally. It's a classic Karam um, moment. If anyone doesn't follow Karam, do give him a follow that Karam ties because that's the sort of thing that he would do, um, which I, he literally did do tracking a, a, a plane which looked like it was Rafinha's private jet and um, over the Atlantic from Manaus in Brazil. Uh, yeah, unbelievable yeah. dedication. <laughs> Cheers. Well, uh, many, many on the community has uh, have volunteered to um, order an Uber, but it seemed um, it didn't work out at the end. But yeah, I love doing these things. So entertaining. Yeah, cool. And what, what transfers did you do this week? Um, this one, I've used two transfers, including a minus four. Um, I took out Ronaldo for Lukaku, which didn't work out, and Rudiger for a hit uh, to let in Cancelo. So okay. both transfers... Two points net. That's a win. A W. Of <laughs> two transfers. But I'm well set up for the next game week when Lukaku faces Norwich. But I have some concerns about Lukaku. So early spoiler. <laughs> yeah, no, fair play. Fair play. All right, cool. So I am um, not doing as well as you, but I did do a little better than you this week. So 69. Hooray. Uh, minus Decent. four. Yeah, it uh, takes me 65. Uh, 69 is contingent on the greater, not conceding again, or not getting yellow card or something. So let's see. But yeah, minus four this week elicited, I think it's a plus five positive swing. The only thing I saw, I followed you actually. I did, I did Cancelo pretty early on. I think I did that last Sunday. Uh, mm. Williams to Cancelo very, very early on. That was really planned. But the Ferran Torres debacle um, broke over the international break. So if listeners remember that I held him since game week four on my wild card, thinking, yeah, you know, oh. this burn the game's going to be the one and then you find out he's got like a minor injury it's going to keep him out for a few weeks so I had to make a choice um, I was looking at two looking at Trossard looking at Saka and I went for Trossard in the end I really fancied that Trossard pick we'll speak about that in just a bit um, but it was between him and Saka it fit, fit my rotation sort of plan fairly well because he'll be benched this week and I'll play him well more um, but he hit the bar the best player um, looking at match, match of the day but it didn't quite pay off the only kind of thing that's kind of a bit of a silver lining there is that Saka um, I feel really sorry for him I love him as a guy love him as a player and I was very close to buying him and he went off with a 0 pointer uh, this evening um, off at half time injured so it's a minus one swing because the Trossard got a clean sheet point rather than the minus four swing oh boy sweet victory that's still a win huh? yeah it's still a win <laughs> uh, but anyway um, completely similar as you Karen fueled by my defence I don't think I've seen a game week quite like it my only return going forward was Mo Salah uh, everyone else yeah. blanked Antonio, Lukaku, Benrahma, Trossard and um, but at the back <laughs> I had clean sheets for Aspilicueta Christensen, Cancelo, Trent and also, Connor Cody. 
coming off the bench with seven points after scoring. Wow. I don't know if anyone has seen the goal. <laughs> His knee and went in. Like, in just a goal mouth scram. Oh, it's just ridiculous like that is. But you know, this isn't going to last for me. I think every week you guys will get your Livermento clean sheets and I, this isn't going to happen again. But I'm enjoying it this week, that's for sure. It was a very weird game week. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it where it's just been about the defence so strongly. And that Chelsea clean sheet, for example, for so many people, including myself, like there's the Mbwemo chance where he hit the post. So many fine moments in that where basically them having a brilliant goalkeeper in Mendy was the difference between a okay, pretty good week and a poor week for me and so many other people who are on double uh, Chelsea defence. And finally, Anthony, I'm just going to voice over him quickly. Um, so he dumped his freemium this week after a hit. He says that after international break results and team structure reasons, he he's now got three million in the bank, but he decided to kind of get rid of Ronaldo um, and get rid of Ailing. So he did Ailing's Cancelo, so he joined us on that. Um, and he did uh, Ronaldo to Werner. He decided to wow. go double up on the attack. Uh, I think because he's not doing as well as he wants to do. I think he's kind of 760k. He, you know, was trying to, you know, affect that difference with a differential up front. Werner's like you know, less Monton own, for example. But it's not quite worked this week, obviously. 57 nets, so 61 minus four, which is an okay score. He also got the, the lucky Cody goal with Mento, Cancelo, Sanchez clean sheets. Uh, but other than that, not really many returns, um, really. Um, but Hey, yeah, it took a chance with Werner. And um, again, we'll come on to that later on. Let's pick up the objectives quickly. Um, I'm not going to speak about Anthony's. I will speak about mine quickly. So we did this at the start of the year just to make sure we've got that sort of thin red line running through everything we do this season. Captaincy was my first objective. Do what Mikel's captaincy algorithm tells us to do every week. I did with Salah, and I'm very glad I did. Um, transfers in a 50 situation, take the hit. Well, I had to take a transfer this week, so it wasn't really a 50 situation. And uh, take a chance on form. Maybe I could have gotten somebody else in with that objective in mind actually over Trossard I guess I was taking advantage of or taking a chance on the poor form of Norwich's defence and uh, Karim and I spoke actually before the game week and I was saying you know um, I like the fact that Norwich are conceding down their left flank and Karim was like well do you need to get the right winger but I was like well you know he's Trossard's <laughs> playing up front and he's playing all over the pitch so maybe it would be decent I don't know it's very ropey reasoning but perhaps I can kind of give myself a small kind of half mark for that one as it were um, and uh, Karim I mean do you have any kind of objectives that you set yourself this season or any sort of words of advice to guide your principles throughout the year? Yeah, I think there are a couple of them, which I I would say that I've sticked with them most of the season so far. So it seems that the approach I've decided on is, is working. And I think the first one is, is about the captaincy. I, I think this season I, I decided to always captain a premium player versus a good fixture unless a decent player playing Norwich and I've got an example with Mahrez he's not a premium but he had a decent fixture yeah, yeah. against Norwich and I, I got away with it I must yeah, say that was, I, that was game week two wasn't it when Bruno yeah. and Salah both blanked and you got a goal off the bench and it was like yeah. a huge W exactly exactly but other than that I've pretty much captained either Salah or Ronaldo. I think Antonio started the season really in a scary form and, and I captained him once when he got 11 points times two. But I've, apart from that, I have always captained Salah or Ronaldo this season. And I think it, it will continue this way. Um, there are some opportunities in the next couple of weeks, like Lukaku next game week and, and all of that. So I'm pretty happy with it and there is no need to change it. Uh, I think the other one is the subject is quoted from you, Tom, when you launched Operation Target Bournemouth a couple of seasons yeah. ago. So I'm I'm calling it 
operation target knowledge where possible. And uh, the first few game weeks have really rewarded me massively. Um, Liverpool against Norwich, City against Norwich. Um, uh, Gray got an assist from there. So I've always got some points. I remember as it stands, I've got 18 points, my total points this season, just because I targeted players yeah. against Norwich. And that's very decent. And I didn't target them the last couple, which I feel like I, I got away with it, uh, with Mope, Trossard or so, that really good shouts against, against Norwich. But I'm planning to target them next few game weeks with Brentford, uh, Chelsea are facing them next. So it kind of always opens opportunity when, when managers are looking elsewhere with dealing with Thremium, with dealing with bigger the back. I find these kind of opportunities where I can punt on these players who well, I'm happy to carry them for one or two more weeks before I move on to the next one. So it's kind of working so far. A great example for this season is basically don't get scared from the bubble. A credit to the to the to the community, the the, the structure, the template has been working really well with Antonio, Salah, and all of them. Um, but when an opportunity arises, grab them. And that's what I did with the injury of Calvert Lewin. They moved to Bamford and then Bamford got injured. And I had three million in the bank and I decided to go for Vardy just, just because I can, basically. Uh, I was endorsed also by you. It's like, really, follow your gut, do it. And this kind of opportunities. So, yeah, uh, I think I think Vardy has been by far the best transfer of the season, maybe in a couple of seasons, actually, uh, with 27 points in three games, which I believe made me ahead of the curve. So these kind of opportunities where people don't want this player, but he has decent fixtures made me think that I should do that more often. And and something you said that opportunities come in with players, especially in midfield or the attack. So yeah, I'm quite happy with it. And uh, I, I felt like I don't mind hits this season. I, I used to be cautious with hits last season, mm. um, but with players with a massive upside, then I decided to take it for like, for example, Cancelo. He had, he had the 15 points in his pocket at some point. So I went for him, even for the hit. Usually on defenders, it's not worth it. But with certain players, it might be worth it. And and I feel like I've taken three or four heads this season, and luckily, they've all worked out. Worked out. So all far. paid off. Of that. Yeah. No, yeah. nice. nice so so far, I've been. It's my first. I think it's my second hit in the row this week. Um, two hits are taken so far this season, and they've kind of washed their face. That's pretty much been it. But hopefully, hopefully, it will come. But there's one big banger. No, cool, cool. Interesting to hear that yeah. you've been thinking about what you've been doing and having that targeting strategy is certainly um, mm. something that I've heard a lot of people do as well. And um, based on the last couple of years, um, quick min league update. So our min league code is two yp. 4-3-T. Uh, just got to sing it for my friend FPL Fairy Steve, who keeps asking me to do so. Um, but yeah, no, a, a decent week uh, in the mini league. Um, it's obviously not complete yet, so I can't give you um, kind of, uh, I, I can't say these are all finalised results, but at the snapshot that I took about 15 minutes ago, that was before uh, Arsenal just equalised, which is good for, on a fan level. A bit annoying on an, on an FPL level, so I lose one point. But anyway, um, the, the first mini league is Ryan Jers, Ryan Mackey, 57 points this week. Week. Um, he brought in Cancelo as well, um, but he did also uh, to finance that uh, Jimenez to Alex, uh, Adam Armstrong, who didn't play, we um, didn't start at least. So not the best of hits in the world. And back up second is Ryan Quinn, looking to reclaim that throne. But he took a 
weird decision this week. And he did a free hit. 65 points. He's just mm. three points off his fellow Ryan now, but you know, a valuable chip used. In third, up to third. Wow, what a week for Siddharth Pai, Pai's Pipers. 82 points on his wild card. Um, really fantastic week for him. The key drivers of this were your man Karam Vardy, Ben Chilwell, and KDB. So wow. three really big differentials, less than 20% owned, driving that really nice score all the way up from 89th, as I mentioned. In fourth, it's uh, Ben Anrama still. Um, no, not still. He's been in the top 10 for a while, but he was out of it for a while. Okay, so, mm. he's, he's, so Josh M's up from 12th to 4th, 65 points this week. This all means Josue Creed loses his second spot. He's actually down to fifth now in his game of stones, just scoring 52 points. In sixth, up from 10th, is Charles Woods. Seventh, up from 21st, Rolf Anderson. Um, and eighth, um, up from 13th, Maxim Malinovsky um, with FPL Ukraine. And joint ninth, Freeman joint ninth, is Christopher Marshall, 65 points. Harry Hubrick with 68 points. And Robin Lennon with 59 points. That seems a bit of a rubbish uh, way to get a green arrow in the 50s this week. There are a few in the league this week, so it's just one of those sorts of weeks, isn't it? Where it's all a bit down to which defender did you have, basically, um, which is uh, yeah, unusual to say the least. Unusual, all right? And then the final bit of this particular section, the introductory section, um, is the market forces. And obviously, things may change. I mean, your man Karam is, is in the lead at the moment. Two hundred twenty-eight thousand people have just transferred in Jamie Vardy and Why? finally getting the respect he deserves. Um, he's been, yeah, <laughs> there goes that differential. Um, he's been uh, bought heavily, mostly at the expense of Ronaldo. So Ronaldo has been sold by 310,000 people. People have seen enough of the Portuguese maestro. We'll speak about that in just a bit. Um, in second for transfers in, it's Ben Chilwell um, after that lovely 15-pointer. He's uh, actually returned, uh, scored two weeks in a row. Uh, so 135,000 transfers for him. Um, Salah, how? How do you not own Salah? Okay, cool. 106,000 people have finally decided it's time to transfer in Salah. He's um, good, and isn't done he? So. <laughs> yeah, he looks all right. Um, and they've sold uh, the likes of Jota and Pogba, and both have nearing 100,000 sales to, to, to make that happen. And there's a lot of action, isn't there, Caraman, of defenders. So Aspicueta yeah. and Cancelo have been brought in by almost 100,000. And uh, Alonso and Rudiger, who didn't play this week, have been sold. Yeah. Um, what do you make of those market forces? Yeah, I would say Vardy stand out from the list. I think uh, it took it took uh, us a couple of weeks to really get convinced that Vardy is becoming an option uh, at a cheaper pl- price from compared to Ronaldo and Lukaku. I, I always thought that still uh, there will be more purchase to Lukaku ahead of Norwich. But results from Vardy over the last three game weeks doesn't surprise me in terms of um, yeah. the market forces. And I, I think... I think his fixtures are still decent up until Christmas, to be fair. Yeah, they um, really are. And um, Leicester, kind of a, a team who... I felt I felt in the Man United game, they are turning the table around. They are still leaky at the back. But finally, Rodgers decided to play Nacho, which, in my opinion, makes a huge difference to their attack. So last season, Nacho on the field made Vardy worse. Um, but this season, it seems that they are complementing each other. So I'm yeah. interested to see if Vardy runs out of gas by the next couple of games. <laughs> and Nacho is really the deal. Yeah, ready and um, waiting. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. As as for Chilwell, I'm still not, not sure. I mean, Alonso has, has been great and Chilwell as well. And I can easily see any one of them starts in the Premier League. Of course, they play midweek between now and the next international break so it makes sense 
that each one of them takes a weekend or a midweek, but who, who knows? Yeah, who, who does what, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not a surprise that Alonso, a direct swap from Alonso to Chilwell, and then Alonso starts the next weekend against Norwich. <laughs> Everyone reverses it then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I'm 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 not really encouraged myself on this, but as Bilakrota and Cancelo, I think they made sense. I think we've talked about the big at the back and Chelsea and City defense for the last couple of game weeks. And I, I guess that aligns with the market forces flow towards mm. these two players so yeah makes sense and the only other note i want to make and this segues us nicely into the main theme which we'll speak about in just a minute is there's one player who's been bought pretty much as much as he's been sold so Romelu lukaku has been bought by seventy-five thousand people and he's mm. also been sold by seventy-seven thousand managers so his oh, wow. uh, his uh, overall average sales are going to be probably around zero by the end of the week all right let's take a break there and move on to uh, the main topic just after this who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and it's time to move on to the main topic this week. And it's led by, as I mentioned earlier, a correspondence question. And this week is a correspondence question from Richard Saunders Irving, which links into the main thing we'll be speaking about. Uh, for those who don't know, correspondence is our weekly section. They're mostly pioneered by Anthony, where we hear from listeners who get in touch at length, mainly via our Gmail, who got the assist at gmail.com, and ask us to look at something in depth. So questions, thoughts, theories, addendums, poems, songs, declarations of love. We will take it all and normally put it in uh, the second half of the pod. Um, but this week is up top as Richard's question kind of feeds into what we're talking about. Richard did write in a little while ago, um, but I asked him if he could slightly adapt his question. And we came up with kind of this. So Richard said that after a good early start, around 70k, he started to slide down the ranks, you know. And he says his decline has been due to his transfers. He says he's not too sure, you know, what he does with his team currently. And he feels like he started deadening his team almost for the time being. I'm thinking, he says, just get good players and good captain and leave them be. Is this just despondency or is it maybe a viable option to do this? And I think that that's quite interesting because we're hearing a lot at the moment about, especially with kind of the last few weeks and how there's been kind of a lack of reliability in the premium kind of space, whether we can just kind of, leave it basically principally of one man the question we i think that's worth asking this week just because of how consistent he has been is do we just captain mo salah up until the african cup of nations and so do we give him a very long captaincy stim just to give you some data on this quickly salah is on 83 points at the moment no he didn't captain Firmino this week that's his overall score thus far this season but i did have a look at how this works out historically Basically, it's dominance this season. So this year, he's 27 points ahead of his closest rival, who is Vardy, as we mentioned a second ago. Seven goals, five assists, and 13 bonus. He's only blanked once as well. So that game week two versus Burnley that Karam avoided with Mares. He's on 10.38 points per game after eight game weeks, which is obviously a small sample, but decent enough just that we can mention it. That's his best start since he's been in the Premier League, bar none. So last year, 2020-21, he's got seven points by this point who was third in the table behind Kane and Son, actually. So he wasn't top. Um, as I think they kind of just were a little bit ahead of him. Um, but last year, by this point, he scored eight goals and one assist. So more goals, less assists at 8.38 points per game. He'd actually scored 16 points less than now. And then as you move further backwards, he scored less and less. So 2019-20, 55 points by this point. He's being outscored by Kun, 
um, Mane and KDB. Um, he'd scored four goals and three assists, so less goals and less assists than this time. 6.88 points per game, 55 points is 28 points less than just now. In 2018-19, 41 points. So he was actually equal 17th by this point. No, he was being outscored by the likes of Edison, Ryan Fraser and Lacazette. Um, he scored just three goals and two assists, 5.25 points per game, 41 points, which is exactly well, just under half what he's on at the moment. And in that big 303 season, people may be saying, you know what, Tom, surely that season he was doing better than now. No, no, he wasn't. Um, so I haven't got the temporal data cuts in terms of knowing how well other players are doing at this point. But I do know um, that he was on 46 points um, by this time that season. Um, so 37 points behind where he is now. 5.75 points per game. So yeah, this season, the takeaway is that Mo is on fire. At this rate, another 300 plus is on the line, despite the fact he's been missing a couple of games due to the African Cup of Nations. I mean, Karim, initially, like, what are your thoughts in terms of how Salah has performed this year? Oh, remarkable, right? Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. And to put that into perspective, the likes of the mid-price midfielders, Mares, Son last year, those kind of players who average 160, 170 points per season, he's now at 50% of the average of what those players can get the whole season. And we just finished less than a quarter of the season. Yeah, yeah. That's remarkable. And I've, naturally speaking, I'm not a person who sticks the captaincy every week. I like to use opportunities, the fixtures to swap the captaincy, but he's not making it any easier. He's, he's not allowing us to even think about it. Like, the, the hot topic of, of the community this week is, shall we captain him against Man United? Well, Lukaku plays Norwich, like in normal situation. I would <laughs> never think of that, but you can argue you can do that. United kept only one clean sheet this season. They are at, at the moment all over the place um, and Salah is just on fire. So I wouldn't be too surprised if I see Loads a of lot of managers have, have done that. Um, yeah. To me, it's still hard for next game week, but look at the uh, next game weeks, Brighton, West Ham, Arsenal, Southampton, Everton, Wolves. There's no game week where I was saying mm, he might not score or return. Yeah. I think he can score against all of them. I think up to game week 18, where we get to ex, um, boxing days and, and uh, Afcon time in game week 21, that's the time where we might consider taking it off him. Um, however, I feel like this, in a way, it brings a lot of consistency in terms of captaincy and one less decision to make every every game week. But it might take away a bit of the fun of yeah. how to really be a bit maverick to gain some rank. If everyone is captain in Salah, then you pretty much rely on 10 players to, to make you the gain. And basically, maybe six or seven of them are template players, highly owned by pretty much everyone around you. So you are left out by two or three options to, to, to gain the rank. And I think in game week eight or nine and 10, it's the time where you can assess your rank. In the first four or five game weeks, we always say, don't, don't even look at it because it doesn't matter too much. The, the, the gap is too narrow. Now it's expanding, it's taking shape on where you are and how good you are doing at the moment. And after 10 game weeks, I think... Now is the time where you really need things to change. You need, for example, yeah, Salah yeah. to blank and captain, for example, Kane in game week 12-13 yeah. to yeah. make that game. But at the moment, it's not easy at all. 
and no, it gives not. us a hard time to do that. Yeah. What do you think, Tom, of this? Are you are you tempted by just taking the captaincy on on him? Well, as you, as you detailed, the fixtures are more than adequate until game week twenty one when he goes to Acom. Basically, I mean, obviously, there's going to be the the gaps in time, but can I see Klopp resting him for the benefit of Egypt? No. No, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and is he the sort of player who plays these sorts of games? I remember, didn't he play Mighty Land last year for in a fixture that was a dead rubber for Liverpool just because he wanted to play? Like he's he's a bit like a Bruno Fernandes character where I can't really see the resting happening. Like, are the fixtures good enough at, at first glance? Yes, in this sort of imperious form as well. Like he's basically saw, scored the same goal twice, hasn't he? Uh, versus yeah. a brilliant Manchester defence and versus yeah. a subpar Watford defence. Um, and Mikel's algorithm, it's worth mentioning, would also say that he is kind of the also captain for the next few weeks. Uh, but you're right. Like if you start to think about the impact on FPL, if you're losing that sort of decision because there's one player who's just so damn good, he's worth captaining. Maybe you would have seen this in the 303 season five years ago as well. It kind of pushes us to think, you know, what sort of things is this going to do? to us and our experience as managers of playing fantasy football this well for the foreseeable future at least because the captain's obviously super important mm-hmm. uh, the last few seasons as you as you see from me captaining who the Mikel tells me to like it's been a serious Achilles heel for me and if if basically Mikel's algorithm aligns with the fact that the Salah's the easy captain, like the two things basically mean that you end up with an EO snowball. Not that those people are watching Mikel, but because he's doing so well week after week, only blank once, you get, end up with this EO snowball. People are going to capture him no matter what effectively. So the impacts of that to me, I mean, you mentioned that two or three players in your team become super important. That differentials you're completely right, becomes so important in our teams. Like, there's a, We've got a question from FPL Elf later, but what's interesting is that there's only three players who are over 40% owned. Like Salah is so far above all of their ownership. And there's this kind of fluidity around the mid-price levels too. There's those mm-hmm. players coming in and out of our teams, all these 5.5s, you know, the 6.0s. And it's the importance of those kind of star players in live rank that become really important. And the other kind of couple effects I just want to mention here um, are one, I think it's really important to be able to spot opportunities to differentiate. I mean, I maybe I'm obviously confirmation biasing myself, but Trossard didn't do that well this week. Yes, but I had an opportunity to make a difference with, mm. with my team and go for an ultra differential. Trossard is owned by 1%. And he did have Norwich. I know people, you know, late riser, I think as did as well, punted on Mope. Like those sort of things, those sort of little sort of, if they come off, you're laughing, you really are. And linked to that, there's an importance of spotting good opportunities to sell as well if we're in a differential-driven sort of context. So Ben Rama could be, now I don't think I will be selling him because he was very good against um, Everton actually, but on a pure numbers game level, he could be a potential example of a player to sell. So he's 30, 36% owned, um, including me, but the next three fixtures aren't amazing. And could he now be a full guy to a player coming into good fixtures? So if you didn't have Mbwemo yet, could you take out a well-owned player like Ben Rama, buy a low-end differential like Mbwemo, and then see your rank rise? I mean, Karam, do you agree with all of that? Like, Do you have any yeah. other sort of impacts you think that are going to happen? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, uh, the, the fact that we are potentially sticking the captaincy on, on Salah makes us a little bit more maverick. Oh, I, I need to do something a bit more maverick to, to, to increase my chances of a bigger gain. 
and uh, it could be it could be beneficial but it can also fire back if you do really like maverick not on your own way this season with with fans coming back we assume that the home and away will make a difference especially with the premium players i, I just looked at quickly at salah returns and i can't see a, a clear distinction to oh, okay well salah has hold in the home but not the away he actually in four matches at home he has double digits and three of them uh, the only time he didn't even return was Burnley but also in the four away matches he had a double digit returns and two of them and guess what it's against Norwich and Watford who expectedly they are not good defensively so yeah. in a way I can tell that Salah at home pretty much nailed for the captaincy perhaps for the away ones you really need to be targeting a team where just really mid-table or even lower when it comes to the defensive statistics. I think I think uh, Salah can yeah. cover both aspects. Um, if you look at the next game weeks, he plays Man United away. Yes, they are not good defensively this season, but historically they have been really cagey and masters in pulling away nil-nils. In, in big games and we don't have enough data for the season to suggest that this is changing so am I going to captain Salah against Man United I, I'm still at the side of a no right. but I can see a huge argument for that then the, the next away game is West Ham are they bad defensively probably not as bad as Watford or Norwich so there might be also a case where you can still punt on the game which where Salah plays away against teams that are top or hmm. mid-table teams like West Ham playing in Europe, Man United is a Champions League team playing for the title potentially and all of that. But against Everton, I think Everton, Liverpool had the history of lack of goals. I think the last one was not, but generally. So for the next away games, I'll be a bit cautious actually. Okay. For the home ones, um, I think it will be relatively easy. Yeah. Well, let's say Lukaku playing Norwich next game yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, let, let's think about what's been corralling us into the situation. Yeah. I mean, I I would probably kind of have sympathy for the idea <laughs> of captioning Salah every game week, but that I'm just trying to cut through whether that is kind of something which is just based mm. off the fact the last couple of weeks have been so effing good. You know, yeah. 13 points that we didn't all get against City versus those five 13 points we did get against Watford. In fact, mm. he's not blank this season apart from that Burnley game. And, and it makes me kind of wonder, are mm. the premiums otherwise in crisis? Well, I mean the premiums that we've all owned, which are the Ronkaku double up. Maybe it speaks to both sides of the debate too. So you know, people did go for the freemium, you know, they have Ronaldo, Lukaku and Salah. Other mm. people like me were doing the sort of aggressive kind of switcheroo strategy. So I had Ronaldo out for Lukaku last week. There's a few questions on this. So the two mm. good ones though. Um, FPL Chimp Paradox. Basically says, how long do we give the premiums if we're in the freemium, especially on Kaku, given the recent blanks? When do we pull the plug on that strategy? And on mm. the other side of it, and F- FPL Osmo actually and I were talking about the aggressive premium strategy. I mentioned that a few times. We'll go into that in just a second. Uh, but Adam Pritchard on our Slack um, asked the same thing. So he said, you know, premium Kaku is his plan, um, but he's wondering how long to persist with it. Mm. Um, let's take the first part of that, though, um, the freemiums. Um, is mm. the freemium setup dead? Um, I'll see what you think in a second, Karen, but I think because of the City defence and Chelsea defence being so important, maybe again that's recently just because this week was so good, plus Trent being back on the map 
and the likes of Son pushing onto the scene, I think the the, the call for having Ronaldo and Lukaku and Salah in your team has proceeded. People are becoming less and less interested in that, especially Ronaldo. So United are in disarray, a very small sample set. But Ronaldo, um, over the first three games in the Premier League, was averaging 5.66 shots per game. The last couple of games, he's only had a couple of shots per game on average. FPL points rise. In five games, Ronaldo has scored 24 points. His fellow deadline signing, Cucurella, has matched him. And Huang, another one who was signed on deadline day, has actually outscored him. And he's also, over the last five game weeks, and I'm worried he's not been in the league the whole time, over the last five game weeks, he's been outscored by players such as Ogbonna, Michael Keane, Zaha, Tielemans, and he's been matched by Timo Pukki. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has not played since game week three and is one point behind Ronaldo. But it's Ronaldo. Yes, it is. But he's certainly not worth your cash, I don't think, Karen. I mean, if you're a freemium manager or giving advice to a freemium manager now, would you be saying, you know what, I mean, you sold Ronaldo for Lukaku this week, it seems like you're kind of following my strategy. But do you think the freemium has just come to its natural conclusion now? Yeah, I think to me, the freemium has actually never been an option to me, even when Lukaku and Ronaldo has joined. I think we have a bit of an experience from last season where we have been tempted to get, um, what is that, the KDB of the back of a great season, I think, Salah and Kane, and we started and we couldn't do it. And and we really concluded that we hindered the, the rest of the team by having the freemium. I think this time, even if it's Ronaldo, even if it's Lukaku, you look at the returns the last four game weeks, they all blanked. Four twos, four twos for both Ronaldo and Lukaku. Um, and that's not what you expect from 11.5 to 12.5 million strikers. The only one who has been firing was Salah and, and Vardy, the last three, and Kane this yeah. game week. Now, I think I think the premium is done and dusted for me. I think there is a big case for shipping them out. To, to show you a bit how <laughs> Lukaku in particular is in a crisis... Uh, in terms of attempts for shots, there are 22 strikers have more shots than Lukaku. Do you want me to name a few of them? Oh. Alan Samaximan. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Adam Armstrong. All right. He takes loads of shots. That's okay. I can yeah. That. Mope. Sorry. Rodrigo. Puki. Jordan mm. Ayo. Jordan Ayo. Yeah. <laughs> How, what's this time period? Uh, last four game weeks. So Jeez. the game weeks where Lukaku has a blank. Um, Dennis. Your guy, uh, third striker. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Yellow card magnet, Dennis, yes. <laughs> Rondon. <laughs> Rondon? No, oh, Did he no. score? No, he didn't. Uh, Joe Linton. Joe, Joe Linton. Linton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. had more shots than, than Lukaku the last yeah. four. Okay. Yeah, and a guy who played only 90 minutes this season is Broya, Southampton. Yeah. yeah, all of them had Broya. more than six shots in the last four game weeks. And Lukaku has less than that. <laughs> It's concerning, and, and I think it's... I don't know if it's something to do with the setup of a Chelsea to feed the striker. We've said or noticed that they are missing Mount, but Mount was back last game week. We just don't know. The, the only caveat to this, and I will still buy Lukaku if I don't have him just because okay. he plays Norwich. You and wish. I think this is... I would, definitely I would. Um, for the next three, I would still buy him. I wouldn't buy him along with Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo is a sell. Um mm. I don't know if there is something that is called two and a half premiums, if you consider the 10 million midfielders or strikers. But I like I like the setup having Son or Vardy um, 
It depends on how you define. Yeah, I mean, I'll hold, that, hold that thought for a moment, I think, because we'll come yeah. on to that in just a sec. But this yeah. aggress- the aggressive sort of premium thing where we're both at at the moment, mm-hmm. like that's something which people have been looking at a fair bit. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, we both sold Ronaldo either last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, this week's got Liverpool. Next week, has got Tottenham. Game week 11, Man City. Um, game week 12 against Watford. I mean, I, I don't think they're just going to be high enough to bother me there. Game week 13 against Chelsea. So he's playing Liverpool, Spurs, Man City and Chelsea in the next five. Okay, maybe you're not too worried about Spurs, but mm-hmm. any player who's playing Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea in the next five game weeks is one that I'm not worried at all about not owning. I wouldn't captain him, so what would exactly. be the point? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But I'm I'm not going probably not going to be captaining Lukaku. I don't think either. But nonetheless, he's got the three teams in the relegation places next: Norwich, yeah. Newcastle, and Burnley. So yeah. if there's any time for him to turn around. It's the this data, time. Yeah, it's this time. And then his fixtures stiffen as he gets game week twelve. But then Kane has got Leeds, Burnley, uh, Brentford, and Norwich. So you can do the swap. And then in game week 16, Man United's fixtures get better. So you can yeah. get Ronaldo back in for Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley and Wolves, etc., etc. Of course, you could be buying Son instead of Kane and you could be buying Bruno instead of Ronaldo. I'm actually minded yeah. to look at Bruno more. Um, did you know he created the most chances last game week? Um, he's created eight, eight wow. against Leicester. And over the last six, he's created the most chance in the Premier League. So mm. he's second for chance created. He's third for shots, albeit only six in the box, and yeah. sixth for XGI. Um, but I'm fairly wedded to giving Lukaku a couple more weeks, at least three more weeks, because those fixtures are so good. And Chelsea are a great team. They really are. Lukaku was not great against Brentford. That's no, that's, that's true. Um, but, I mean, he was the highest XGI underperformer uh, versus Southampton. Don't forget, he was marginally offside for that Rudiger setup at the post when, and he could have got an assist as well. That's the Quetta had issues shooting boots on. Yeah, he's the second highest underperforming striker over the last four game weeks. Mm. Only, only Antonio has underperformed more. Um, so I, I still think, in answer to Adam's question earlier on, that the strategy is still worth doing to have your second premium being yeah. kind of on like facing the fixtures. But I can still understand why you kind of be looking at those kind of premium alternatives that you've mentioned, Katram, because, I mean, uh, uh, Charlie Roberts wrote in and said, you know, can you discuss Jamie Vardy, please? I love the man. <laughs> I feel like he deserves more credit than he does currently. And you know, your setup, I guess, with Vardy, I mean, he's not going anywhere. And Karam was one of these people who, I think he said initially, oh, yeah, no, give me uh, X hundred likes and I'll catch Yeah, 300, Vardy. yeah, yeah. And you've got, you've, got Captain, you've got Captain Vardy and that went really well. And you kind of bought Vardy on that sort of kind of, you knew what you were doing, but also kind of wanted a bit of a push from the community. You got it. And yeah. Vardy has been a revelation, hasn't he, for you? So you know, these premium alternative kind of players like Vardy, like Son, maybe like Kane, putting his hand up now, maybe like yeah. KDB as well. I mean, what do you think about these sort of guys, Karam? I mean, especially Vardy, like yeah. you, know, you were talking about just a second ago, that kind of setup with Vardy in, could that be a huge differential for people? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think until now, they are really differentials uh i think vard would be the next one who will be more of a popular pick it's really hard even with the budget and the setup to get to son i think it's easier to get to kane from ronaldo from lukaku and i think that will be the next template where people will be going on kane based on the fixtures and with regards regardless of the crisis that we mentioned with with stats wise on lukaku i think the next three are the game weeks where he can 
even it out and put in some nice stats and goals, which we want. Um, but I think it's there is a really a strong case for going for Vardy up until the Christmas. There is a strong case for going for Kane based on the fixture swinging Realme to 12. Um, it would be harder to get the premium midfielder if you consider Son as a premium 10 million plus or so. He's really a decent alternative and he doesn't hinder the setup as much as if you have Mane, for example, with 2 million extra. I think Mane also is someone, I think there was one of the questions we say, what about Mane and Salah? Salah seven goals for the season, Mane is five. So he's a bit under the radar because Salah is so phenomenal with, with everything he does, even show-wise. But Mane is also someone who we shouldn't forget. We, we've been focusing on Jota because he's cheaper, he is going to AFCON as well that's the thing I mean, exactly yeah I mean, yeah he's exactly. he's, uh, he's he's just not worth it because how good Salah is and and you, mm. you're right to draw the distinction between the fact that Son is 1.8 million less than Mane mm. but he's outscoring Mane this year he outscored him last year he was a 200 club member last year yeah so. and um, uh, we're not surprised right Son always that. does that always a, a 200 points candidate for the last couple of seasons, at least, um, you've got better numbers on Sun than me. But he's always going to be up there, regardless of Tottenham form or how the season has been for them. Son is one of the players that Mr. Consistent, you know what you get from him. So we'll never say no to Son as if if, if it. So these provide really decent alternatives, especially with the fixtures coming up. I like it. I, I really like it. I mean, there's another guy that I, I think is worth mentioning here just because Anthony brought him in this week and I'm sure he would be waxing lyrical to defend himself about it. But Anthony brought in Timo Werner this week, as I mentioned in the kind of the, mm. the, the, up, the updates. I know the late riser went that way as well, I believe. Mm. Um, I mean, that is probably the prime example of um, that ultra differential that I spoke about earlier on as an impact of um, yeah. captioning Salah the whole time. Like, owning a player like that who is explosive, I think it is in Werner to kind of to have a great day where everything goes right and he ends up getting a hat trick. But just 2.2% owned. I mean, that kind of player, Karam, I guess is very similar to Vardy and Son in that they could do something. It's just that Vardy and Son have got that pedigree. They have been returning this year. I mean, these sort of big ticket gambles, do you think that that's kind of the ultimate extension of what could happen if we're all captaining Salah? Like if we've got Salah, we've got like a Son or a Vardy, we've got a bit of money left over to play with. Could we end up with these sort of, you know, high stakes gambles becoming more part of um, the way people play? Yeah, it can potentially lead leads to that uh, i think it will still be hard to fit in more of, of those players at once given that many of us are uh, or already invested at um, man city and chelsea defenders who cross 5.5 plus uh, i think that would be really tough to accommodate all of them but here comes the fact that you've got salah you've got the captaincy sorted potentially yeah. here comes a swap um, if you really fancy a shot on, on KDB or, or a son for a couple of game weeks, you, you don't mind swapping Vardy, for example, for a son for two transfers and then no, swap yeah. it back when fixes improve. So you kind of be able to do th- things you're not used to do, for example. I think I, we used to get a player for a run of fixtures. Yeah, form is yeah. out, sell him, never look back. Yeah, yeah. But it gives you this opportunity to actually target it more of like game week by game week or two weeks by two weeks. And that's something, for example, Ronaldo has what for the game week at 12? 
everybody will be looking at Kane giving short versus Leeds, but maybe, maybe Ronaldo versus Watford, even if it's away, could be gold for this. So these kind of swaps, when you have less opportunity, less um, decisions to make on the defense on Salah, it gives you that extra bit where you can make it round elsewhere, even on the yeah. premiums, even on the alternatives. Uh, I think this season will be really about making these swaps at the right time, um, which is gonna, which is not going to be easy. I, I, no. I don't think Vardy will score eight points every game week, but when can I catch that and make the swap? That's yeah. that's the real deal for 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 me and for many many other managers who are looking this way. I guess it echoes what I said earlier on about making sure you're jumping on and jumping off at the right time, effectively finding those differential yeah. kind of opportunities and also getting rid of the high-owned players perhaps when there's a good time. To round this bit off, do we just captain Mo Salah up until AFCON, Karam? Well, I mean, long-term, I've got huge sympathy for it and I will be strongly considering it. But as you we kind of both touched on earlier on, Kaku versus Norwich this week felt so blindingly obvious that both of us bought Lukaku in over the last couple of weeks. But yeah. now, is it? It will be very close. Um, there's a huge case for Salah. And I kind of wonder if he will be a differential this week because maybe people will see United as a good defence due to legacy rather than in terms of recent information. One stat for you, over the last four game weeks, only two sides have a higher XGC than Norwich, Watford and Man United. United. Wow. I mean, okay, I totally get the argument of Captain Salah, but let's let's put it in another perspective. Where is is the regret going to be higher if you Captain Salah and Lukaku bangs or the other way around? I feel to me, I'll be saying, oh, it's obvious, Lukaku versus Norwich. Even if, if Salah returns, I'll be saying, well, that might be just a, yeah, bon- okay, a bonus okay. or a plus or something. I will feel more disappointed in myself if I don't captain Lukaku and returns than captain Salah and doesn't. I think part of it is going to be psychology. I think for the rest of the game weeks, uh, there is a big case for it. And I agree with that. Maybe for the next game week, it will be still... Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna have to look at her at the end. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do whatever the algorithm tells me. I think it's an interesting one this week to have to have yeah. that kind of Mission. get out rather than have to do with the 50 50 because it's so close. Yeah. Um, but it would be so obvious if it was just you were telling an alien, okay, you've got a former, you know, you've got you've got to play a team with the mm. the gravitas of my nicest that uh, Capsule is playing versus Norwich, who've just been promoted, like. As you say, like surely it's really obvious that Norwich could get turned over very strongly by Chelsea. Like I, I'm, I don't think I'm kind of. It's like one of those where you have to almost have to stand back and try to be as objective as mm. possible about what you're seeing. Mm. Um, and I think that maybe I will be captaining Kaku. Yep. Um, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to do whatever the algorithm tells yep. me. Frankly, but... I mean, I mean, Salah captain, as we say, well, it's also obvious he's averaging 11 points per game and he's for 13 against City, so he can do that. And that's that's the the hard the hard part of oh, of Salah captaincy. So up until Afcon then, Karam, um, mm. after the Man United game, do you yeah. have sympathy for the view that he could be the permanent captain? Like I, I'm going to go with the algorithm, and I will probably be living out this sort of idea of just captaining Salah every single week because, as far as I can see on the algorithm, every week he's the winning midfielder because of that sort of near guarantee of a return. 
I mean, you've mentioned kind of the opportunity of going against him, especially perhaps away. I mean, do you have any sympathy for the idea of just captaining him every week or do you think there's an opportunity in that? Yeah, I think there is a chance to captain him almost every game week. I don't think that I am going to do that. I still think that, for example, game week nine, I'm going to twist the Salah captaincy. I think in game week, um, well, I'm looking at the table you just said, game week 15, Kane against Norwich. I think yeah, the that's wall, a yeah, twist. The wall, the wall wolves away. For yeah, Salah. yeah, yeah. I think Salah can take Southampton over over Kane against Burnley. No problem with that. I think game with sixteen would be close. Maybe also Salah over Kane. Okay. Seventeen no. Salah. I actually feel like maybe only two game weeks where I will twist. Game with twelve <laughs> is a little bit tricky. Yeah. Arsenal and Leeds. Yeah, maybe both score. I think only two game weeks until seventeen where I would be tempted by twisting twisting the captaincy of Salah, which is still incredible, incredibly high, right? Like yeah, that's, that's still such a long time as well. Yeah, like yeah. You know, you're, you're basically saying that apart from this week, like it's not a big finding that Salah is an amazing captaincy mm. option, but it is it is very interesting to see this sort of dominance by one individual, especially yeah. given the numbers I spoke about at the yeah. start of the podcast. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks so much for that. Um, let's take a break there and move on to questions just after this break. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and it's time to move on to listening questions this week. We had quite a few. Um, some of them obviously did show up in the earlier section as usual, um, but there are a few uh, outstanding ones just to go into. Off a bit of a muted sort of game week in some ways, just because of that defence being so good. And we obviously have a question on that in just a bit. But the first one is a go on. Go on, go on, leave me breathless. Yes, it's about Brentford. It's Benny Blanco um, who cropped up in DM um, this week. First off, who said that um, you know, Brentford's relentless display, being relentless, lol, is the double up of... Um, does that mean the double up of uh, Mbwemo and Tony it could be a, a way to go? And um, they've been really, really good. And he asks as well, if you can only pick one, who is a better option? Uh, FPL Reaper asks the same question. Um, is the double up too much? And the uh, season keepers say, is Mbwemo himself due to shoot up to the top of watch lists when those woodwork batterings start to convert into goals? Now, Karim, I did a bit of work on this. Um, I uh, I noted, of course, that Mbwemo had hit the woodwork six times this season, yeah. five more than any player. Um, loads are actually on one. So he's got six. Everyone else has got one. He's wow. quite the specialist. Do you think that any player over the last 10 seasons has hit the woodwork as many times as he has after game week eight? No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> no, you're right. It's, it's uh, no, my answer would be no. Okay. And the closest actually is, uh, so he has, yeah, he's hit the word, word more times than any player ever over the last 10 years and um, oh. after eight game weeks. The closest is Kane in 2017-18 who hit the work five times. Um, last year, um, Trossard, hit the woodwork four times over this point last year. Uh, but before wow. that, you know, you're looking at, you know, Kuhn 2018-19, Leroy Fur 2014-15, hitting the woodwork three times. And then every other year, the likes of Rash, Jimenez 2019-20, um, Wilshire and Wilson 2016-17, Sanchez 2015-16, Van Persie 2013-14 and 2011-12, and the likes of Russell Martin, Jackie Elka and David Silver 2012-13 hitting the woodwork all 
times two. So yeah, unprecedented how much um, Mbwemo has hit the woodwork this year. But I digress, I digress. Uh, we'll talk about the double up in a minute, but um, obviously a couple of questions were around kind of um, Mbwemo and well, Ben Blanco said, which one would you get if you had to get one? Uh, season people said, you know, he's going to be pushing up the watch lists. And Mbwemo is actually second for non-PenXG so far this season. Just 0.02, Karam, off Lukaku. He's also wow. the fourth highest underperforming player. Uh, Tra- Traore Trinsal and Elianusi join in there. It's all that will work. Um, but the heat map and the shot heat map are all very central. Always looking for that second ball. And if you throw Mbuemo and Tony into a comparison metrics via the hardball, via the scout, Tony wins out on creativity. He's on pens, but in terms of pen box touches, attempts numbers and frequency, Mbuemo's ahead. If you factor in, I think that that 0.9 million difference as well between the two of them, I just kind of think that Mbuemo is better value at the moment if you are picking one. If you're picking one, Karam, which way would you go? With... The availability of other options in attack, I would, from a strategical perspective, I would go on Buemo, even as a player, even as an out of position 5.5, perhaps 5.6 now, um, midfielder, I think his value would be ridiculous. I think he didn't kick in yet with the hit ball, with the woodwork, but that certainly will, will convert into draws. And the fix has backed that up. I, I don't have anyone from Brentford. But I'm considering even the triple up with a, a new goalkeeper because I'm fed up with Melier. <laughs> then I might go for a Raya and Buemo Feel and Tony. So, Feel that. <laughs> <laughs> go, I'm, I'm, looking I'm looking a... at Guaitar to Raya in two weeks, yeah. just like, oh, yeah, could definitely yeah. do that. Just get I, I rid need, of Guaitar. Oh, I, I need I some tips guy. from you on a goalkeeper transfer. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't want tips from me. This is the opposite. Anyway, we digress. Keep going, yes. Buemo. Yes, Buemo. So the next fixtures, uh, he plays Leicester, which I don't think it's a too bad fixture from a, an attacking perspective. And Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, Everton. So for almost 12 million or even less, you get two attacking players with re- what I think really incredible value. Why not even both of them? Yeah. Now, the question would be, okay, Tony will come at the expense of whom? Now, to me, I actually think with the setup I have, it will be Antonio, believe it or not. Yeah, but his stats regressed really in the last five Ooh. games. Which compared to the he, first he also three. is the highest underperforming striker over the last four weeks, though. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And uh, that's, that's the thing. If you need to pick up one and you really are sticking with Antonio, then I think there is a bigger opportunity to get Buemo, 5.5. Not many options... Uh, at that price and I don't think he's a player where in two three games with some you'll be oh, I want to ship him out for someone else and you're starting to find an alternative I think from what we've seen from an eye stats and the fact that he hit the post many times yeah. <laughs> that represents another fact that he is a player in really decent positions in a decent team attacking wise I think there is more to come from him but I wouldn't mind both of them I think Tony and Buemo are both decent for value. I don't think it will hinder the structure of the team. The question you have to decide on is, okay, to- Tony, Lukaku, p- perhaps, and who's the third one? Is it Antonio? Is it a Vardy? I mean, could, could you take a, the, the fifth midfielder out of the equation, though? Because, I mean, there's always kind of just saying, right, and Buemo is your fourth midfielder. 
At least, Tony's yeah. your third striker and your fifth midfielder is like a brown hill or something like that. Yeah, or um, Alan Deep. It's, yeah, it's definitely it's Alan Deep. <laughs> it's so doable. I mean, the Brentford attack data hasn't quite set the world alight, but considering well, they've played Chelsea, Liverpool and, and they're very defensive Bryson already, being eighth for non-pen XG is really nothing to be like, concerned about. And they're big underperformers as well in areas. So unrealized yeah. XA for them is actually really high. I mean, Leicester, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle next four aren't brilliant, as you mentioned, but Norwich, Newcastle, Newcastle have seen more goals than other team. Uh, Norwich's defensive data isn't great. At the price, though, that is really interesting, especially with, as you infer, the quiet Antonians I spoke about earlier, a quiet Ben Rama hanging mm. around. Like, could there be a nice sort of fixture that shift into mm. the Brentford pickup? I mean, as a Reaper kind of asked about that, didn't he? Said, you know, is double up too much? I mean, for me, I'm probably going to leave it be in the 4-4-2 for the moment. But I've got Christensen. Mm. I could move Christensen to Livermento and upgrade Dennis to Tony next week. Mm-hmm. And if I roll this week, which I'm very much looking at doing, and I, I can't deny that, that several times with covetous eyes, like I think that that would be one that I really like to do and mm-hmm. kind of revert to a pretty vanilla 3 4 3. I think that that'd probably be okay, um, especially because the fixtures are okay. And from the eye test, I mean, as I said, the eighth non plan XG thus far this season, but to the eye as well, they're creating a lot, they play on the front foot. And they have played some fairly kind of defensively strong teams. So yeah. I, I'm not going to say no or close the door to the double attack. Yeah, I agree. And if you look at the setup again, we've seen many managers are moving bigger the back. Maybe at least they have four defenders to play with. And that makes it like a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3. Question is, can you consider Buemo as a third midfielder? I would imagine that the likes of Rafinha, Ooh, Jota, if you still it? have him, maybe they are oh. would be the second one. Uh, you're going f- very big at the back, aren't you, if he's your third midfielder? Yeah, yeah. Would you consider Mbwemo as a third midfielder? I think there's a case for a yes. I just wouldn't like it too much to have a, a two midfielders of a 4.5. I tried that at the beginning of the season, but clearly I was I was short on, in terms of the benches and so on. We've been, I've been a place with Livramento, but I, I doubt that there is another option in attack yeah, or yeah, in no. midfield that can do what he does. So yeah. I think I think in a setup where you draw three at the back, Buemo is edging it a bit. But if you draw four at the back, maybe there is a case for going for Tony. Tony, still, he has penalties, right? So He does, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not quite happened breakfast yet. But okay, yeah. cool. Well, hopefully that answers all you guys' questions. Move on to the next one, which is a temp break. Um, so FPL Elf is wondering whether now is the time to shoot for the moon with differentials. He's wondering if there's any better time to attack the template than now. Um, he points out that amongst midfielders and forwards, you've got, as I mentioned earlier, three players above 40% owned, so Salah, Antonio and Ronaldo. Um, and then you've got Ben Rama and Lukaku and 36% each. And then you go all the way down to Bruno, 24. And then it's all sort of an even playing field. He says that up until now, all but Salah have returned peanuts uh, mm. in the last three game weeks at least. So he says, is now the great opportunity to climb the ranks and reap the rewards from players on the 10% owned? Or could it be a fast track, he says, to Red Arrows? I think this touches on what you were saying earlier about Vardy, you know, 17.7% owned in the second highest scorer. You've got Son as well down there, even down to the discussion of Mbwemo a second ago, where we you know, said 
all this about him. He's just 2.9% owned, so maybe an FPL-friendly, the FPL community, yeah, that is, friendly owned, um, but the masses haven't quite jumped on yet. I mean, I think overall, I think, is it the time to punt like mad? I think we're quite bunched up. And I mentioned this earlier mm. on in that, spotting the, those opportunities to jump on a player. Obviously, it didn't work out with me this week with Trossard, but jumping on a a situation like that where you can get that kind of immediate explosion and also jumping off players at the right time likes of mm. Ben Rama likes of Antonio they become so important now especially if as we spoke about earlier on Salah becomes the captain Dunos Jaws I mean Anthony as I said earlier during the likes of late riser on that Werner train I mean what do you think about kind of making those big punts against template Karen we kind of touched on this already but anything you'd add on that yeah, uh, pretty much we we echo what we mentioned earlier in the pod. I think the opportunities are there now. Uh, the boat has not sailed yet. I think there are still opportunities to come. There's some opportunity with the likes of Vardy, for example. I keep mentioning it. I promise I won't. Uh, but he's someone <laughs> who has kicked in three games ago. I think yeah. I think you have to find a bit of a balance. Depends on how maverick you are or how brave you are. You have to find a balance between keeping some of those template players. They are a template players for a reason, right? Antonio yeah, always has the ability to deliver. So for, you can't go without, I would say, Lukaku, Antonio, Salah, for example, all of them out. No, I, I, I think that's a bit too much. But find the right balance. Don't have too many punt players in, in, in your team. Might be might be the way to go. I like I like the opportunities that's coming up. I think there will be a, na- a natural shift. With Kane in Geometry 12, how, how, how much he is, uh, like 5, 5%, yeah, something no, like no, that? No, no, 20%, that's for sure. No, yeah, so Kane, Son, would be, would be players that people will look at at the expense of whom? Maybe Lukaku, maybe Ronaldo. So over the time, there will be there will be natural shift. Okay, well, I think this links nicely into the City midfielder angst. Oh. Um, so FPL Richard and FPL Banger both asked about City mids. So Rich went with Mares, uh, a one-week plan, oh, whereas a Banger asks if we should just skip the City midfield altogether and go for the likes of Son instead. So I, I've been burnt by this. I um, had Ferran, obviously, and I was hoping that he would play tapped out this week. Um, but I would have probably gone for Foden if I could have afforded it. Mm. I told Hindi Monkey, actually, Karam, to buy Bernardo Silva. He ignored me. Did you? Oh, he ignored my goodness. me. And, um, he what a like shame. A He's in the mud. He's in the mud. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know a couple of people also punched on Gundogan. Um, Grealish is the highest own. But I, yeah. I guess you know you're getting into the City midfielders, right? I mean, they've got yeah. 11 different goal scorers so far this season. Yeah. And in a 5-0 win, you're just as likely to get an assist as you are a brace. So I just wonder mm. if it's worth dispensing with a lineup jitters, you know, around 11.55 on Saturday afternoon. And just think, nah, it's over. I'm done. I'm happy with Cancelo. I mean, what, I mean, you're a big City fan, for those who don't know. I mean, what is your view on the City mids? I mean, is it even worth going there? if you're not going to shut out for De Bruyne it's tough I mean last week before the um, what was the game Burnley game the the customary that what should have been a customary 5-0 win <laughs> that didn't happen I was a strong advocate for Torres as people listened to the uh, to the Scoutcast last year week before we hear about the news I was really tempted to do Sar to Torres myself and then when we hear the news I was like oh I'm jealous I can't switch to, to Mahrez because of the funds and I can't do that without a minimum of minus eight and I didn't do that and I got away with it I mean at this situation if you didn't buy any of them I don't think that yeah. you're gonna buy now 
I think I think the the strong run is three game weeks. You buy now for Brighton Crystal Palace after the Champions League games. You already kind of gonna miss the the roulette. It will hit you in one of the two, so it, yeah. you might end up with that pick zero out of two or one out of two instead of two out of three, which is acceptable. And then you will look at somewhere else with Man United away. Maybe Everton home is is a good fixture, but will you keep him before that? I, I think with the other players that we discussed, like a son, like uh, um, the other strikers, that I think if you have one of them, I would keep. They are they are kind of don't buy. Don't sell at the moment, but if you really are keen on jumping early on a sun, for example, I don't mind that move. Uh, you might be able to be ahead of the curve potentially yeah. with sun, for example. Yeah. Um, so that's my view. I'm, I'm content when it comes to them. Um, but if you have a plan, if you are determined to draw Maris to Mount in game week nine, then just do it. I think it's a decent future. Coming back to the original question, I think I think I will hold. For one more, give him the Brighton yeah, one. Yeah, I, I think you said about don't buy, don't sell. Is key there. I'm, yeah. I'm quite happy to be out of it, and I'm not really looking at buying yeah. another one in. Um, no. There's obviously great rewards to be had if you get the right one, um, but yeah. the diversity and goal scorers, um, and the 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 unreliability of any of those players, um, probably just kills it for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely one which has obviously been there. But now that Burnley game yeah. done, I'm less yeah. interested. Yeah. Uh, the final one uh, this week is defensive futures. So FPL Jack, a shout out to FPL Jack. He's been a bit unwell recently, but he's a top guy. I've met him a couple of times um, in my FPL meetup life. Um, I hope he gets better soon. Um, um, but he asked if bigger the back is here to stay. It's just a fad, Karam. And uh, FPL Bean Counter um, asks a question along the same line, saying that because obviously this week the Chelsea and City heavy defence is all the rage, but there was some heavy rotation. Um, and presumably Chelsea uh, they're really good not playing, for example. Could there be some value defenders later on the line that will catch our eye? What do you think about this? Really, from the beginning, I mean, do you think because the back is just a bit of a fad at the moment, or do you think that it's here to stay? Yeah, I think I think it's real. I think it's a thing now. Uh, if you look at the top points scorers so far from the defenders, they are from City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, and you find the mix: uh, Duffy, Pinnock, and Janssen. But apart from that, they are really players from three teams, pretty much, right? Looking at City defense stats, they are scary. They don't allow shots. You, you don't come inside the box. You just too good at the back. Um, so I think the investment in them is never too late, just to link with the previous question. I think this the attack, I would I'll be content, but it's never too late to invest in the defense. Same goes for Chelsea, although as as, as um I read last last uh, night, their defensive stats were not good enough, but they sort of get away with these clean sheets. But I hope these kind of things improve. With yeah, a couple yeah. of fixtures coming up, I think I think you can grow three players plus strength. So there's a case for four players, double four <laughs> yeah, Chelsea really and Trent. Is, yeah. You look at that's, that's what I've got. Yeah, I've got um, yeah. Christensen, yeah. Aspilicueta, Cancelo, and Trent. Obviously, Christensen's five, so it's a bit different. But yeah, no, I'm along yeah. those lines. Yeah, I think otherwise. I don't have that setup. I have White as Ben White as um, kind of an enabler. I have a City coverage. I have a Trent, and I have Ben White rotating with 
No, I wouldn't wish Williams is not is not playing. But yeah, uh, Livramento, that's the one. So if I'm gonna bring another one, it, I would probably try and stretch to them. But if the setup does not permit, then there might be a few options where with good features that really can come in. I think I think someone is a bit over uh, under the radar is Shaloba of, of Chelsea at 5 million. He's getting decent minutes. Um, and at 5 million, he's a type oh, of player you can digest. Oh, I, wish, I wish it didn't exist. Because uh, so, uh, Christensen's yeah. an owner. So it's exactly the same sort of level. <laughs> so Christensen uh, uh, seems to have uh, signed a contract recently. So I'm hoping that he's kind of mm. higher the pecking order. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think of the budget defenders? Like the less than 5 million. Are you still on... Keen on the likes of uh, Wolves defenders, you've got Cody, oh, for example. Is de- he definitely not? Definitely not. I mean, mm. I, I think that um, in 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 answer to the first question, I think bigger the back, as you said earlier. Uh, I mean, used to I think it's a thing now. I think for the next three weeks, I think uh, Jack originally asked that question, and um, mm. I'd say it's a fad in some senses, but for the next three weeks, it's definitely there, mm. and that's just because having a cis defender for free. Easy looking games, uh, Bryson Palace and United, that like, they're all looking easy at the moment. Like, you know, it's not looking great. And it's obviously a defender for three easy looking games in Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley. Owning one of them or two of them, three of them looks pretty logical. Um, but I guess in terms of those kind of cheaper players, I mean, maybe there's a bit of a faith shake in this week, which is a little bit kind of out of the ordinary because Rudiger didn't play. Yeah. Diaz came off the bench. Um, if that's probably not going to be the normal outcome, I don't think it would happen anything. No, it would not happen many often. Yeah, I think both those players are likely just to be playing. Um, my only kind of thing with the low price filler sort of picks are that it's better to go with the ownership percentages, um, which I tried to do in game week four when I wildcarded in Cody because I think that you go to Maverick and you end up like me with a less owned player. Um, but what you also see is that you have basically everybody else. I mean, you see, you don't see it because you've got Livermento. What I see is that I'm literally looking at the Southampton games now, and I'm hoping that Southampton concede because I know that there's a load of people mm. who are hoping for Livermento clean sheet. So in these sorts of situations, I think it's best to go over the percentages actually. Um, so I'd be looking at Duffy, or be looking at Livermento. The fixture is the best for Livermento. I think he's the third highest owned below 4.5 million defender mm-hmm. i go with him 100 and just kind of just get out of any sort yeah. of negativity because there's enough validity in getting more expensive defenders and um, so for the filler you want to just kind of go the filler which is going to cover your bum when things go wrong one thing i would note is that burnley um i think will eventually emerge from this malaise and start churning out clean sheets not interested to decide the ib but from game week 12 up until game week 20 they play yeah. teams in and around them and no top four team. So the likes of Loton and my man, Charlie Taylor. Yeah. Uh, could chop again in teams. All right, let's move on uh, to our uh, transfers and captains, uh, Karam, and get, get that out of the way. Um, yeah. I'll go first because I'm really, really boring this week. Um, so I'm probably going to roll the transfer this week. So I've got Greater and Gold. Blah. I'll give him one more week because he's playing Newcastle at home. If they concede... <laughs> In the Do last minute again, Karen, I'm going to <laughs> one 
actually rage. No, I'm kidding. But I'm gonna. I'm, I, I, I will laugh harder, and but I will be selling him. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, worst transfer ever. And um, but yeah, I'll give him one more week to have Newcastle. I think you will encourage me to sell my Meslier as well. This, on this, the same week you do that. So when you do it, let me know. So I, I can will. Rage I will. With you. This this means for both of us. I mean, you got Wolves at home for Melier. I've got Greater at home. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a you know a Callum Wilson goal in the last minute for me. Yeah, and a, 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 you know, a place, last yeah. minute. Yeah, for you. Uh, but we're great touring goals. So I'll leave it there. The back four I'm pretty happy with. So Alexander yeah, Arnold, that's Liquetta, Christensen, and Cancelo. I don't know if Christensen is going to play. Obviously, I've got Cody first bench. So fine midfield: Rafinha, Salah, Benrahma, and Mbwemo. And then uh, up front: Antonio Lukaku. I've got Trossard and Dennis. Kind of, I've got a lot of bench depth. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be captaining Lukaku or Sally yet, um, yeah. but I will see how that goes. I'm not entirely sure. Um, just to voice over where Anthony is, Anthony is uh, said to me that he's uh, perhaps going to be moving on. Uh, he's got mm. three million in the bank now, um, so he's got a lot that he can play with. And um, he said he might um, move on Sanchez um, and go up to Edison, or he might move on Ben Rama. Uh, but he's in a four-three-three, um, still a, a, a kind of a relic of um, his freemium times. So we've got Sanchez and goal, Cancelo, Cody, White, and Livermento at the back. Hmm, but it's not as good as a. No, it's okay. Uh, Saka, hmm, okay, that's a bit of a problem. Uh, he's got a captain, the bus captain on Salah um and uh Rafinha up front he's got the double up Lukaku and Werner and he's got Antonio he's also got Rudiger on the bench and if he's fit obviously if he comes in and things look a, bit, a lot better um but I'm actually a little bit worried about him having Lukaku and Werner I'm pretty sure that that's the sort of kind of double up which could on a week where everything goes well end up with him having a 90 plus week um let's see and finally Karam uh where are you yeah, I'm going with Miller in goal, Cancelo, TA, and I actually swapped. If you are watching the video, I have White in the 11, but I swapped him for Livramento. So it's going to be Livramento in back three. Salah is there, Rafinha is there, and I'm going to get Buemo not next week, the week after, after Leicester. And it's a last show between Sar and Gray who are facing each other. I definitely know that the game will end in there, but we'll try my best. So I'll keep them for one more week, see who does does well, <laughs> and ship the other. Have you not like thought about having Sar on the bench and then playing Livermento and uh, White and playing four three three? Yeah, I considered this bit uh, for 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 a few minutes, but um, I didn't like the Arsenal defense this this night. Uh, against Palace and nope. I think <laughs> Villa, that's the thing isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah we thought that okay they are decent now they're comparatively keep uh, tons of clean sheets but uh, t- tonight was a bit different so I think Villa have more capability to score against Arsenal so I think I will yeah, I will live yeah. with White on the bench and start Livramento I think both teams can score I think what has it changed Watford did not change has been really bad against, but it's against Liverpool but Saar has been moved to the number nine and he hit the post. So maybe he will be an out of position for the new formation with Ranieri. Yeah, and maybe. it's not a, maybe, yeah, maybe not, but maybe. And I don't think Everton is a team that can like say, okay, that's a two-pointer. I, I fancy this game to be a bit high scoring. And also Ross for Gray, he's been playing all around. I don't know what's his 
really position is it a wing is it central he's all over the pitch which is good and bad <laughs> it's not working out yet so i'm giving both of them a chance um i would feel gutted if one of them scores and the other one is on the bench uh, and he's on the bench and yeah, the other one yeah, blanks okay. so i'll just play I'd, both yeah i I'd, yeah i'd rather i'd rather ben, uh, ben white bench in that situation yeah boring exactly. but he's center back coming it's very unlikely in, so. yeah exactly exactly and lastly uh antonio lukaku and vardy lukaku captain I don't think I will change it unless we hear something like it's a perfect. You know what? What worries me about Lukaku? If yeah. he plays, if he plays the Champions League, this is a perfect game way to bench him, and he might come on for a point. Yeah, so I, I, I think they need, they need, they, he needs a goal. I'm he needs sure a goal, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's your lot this week. Um, thanks for listening. We were hook up assist. Uh, can you please give us a five-star review like what we heard um, on yeah. whatever podcast you're listening to, podcast website you're listening to, that is. Um, YouTube, you can find us on there. If you are the kind of person who does like to watch rather than listen, um, there are probably a few more mistakes. It'll be less finessed um, than the, uh, uh, the, the sound file, but there you go. Uh, correspondence, um, please absence, um, that is whogotofsist at gmail.com. Anything you want to add, any kind of question you want us to debate at length or indeed any question that you just think well i want to have my time um of these guys attention just do it the lead code is 2ip43t and thanks very much karen for coming on absolute lifesaver and anthony's a sudden absence but yeah um i really enjoyed podding with you um i'm glad to speak to you in person uh, the last time we spoke was on the scout cast probably about two years ago great to have you on man yeah, I'm pleased to be on. Thanks for having me. And uh, well, hopefully next week, Seth will be ready to come back. Uh, Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Well, either way, we hope this to think about whether you should captain Salah for the next few weeks. We'll be back next week. Thanks very much for listening. We'll speak to you very, very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Podcast Network.